0: Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 45. Just a reminder, you can find all my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office 365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash callthatgirl. And you can also check out my six technical eBooks I have. Um, you can check them out at callthatgirl.biz slash publications. And before we get going with the show, I always like to take a minute to thank our show sponsor, App River, email and web specialists, and I've been using them for... It is now officially three years, (laughs) and uh, I use them for uh, partnering for my Office 365 sales. I prefer to use them over going directly with Microsoft because I personally don't have time to sit on the phone for hours and get things done. AppRiver kind of makes that uh, a shortcut for me. They've got uh, fast tech support on email, and you can call directly and talk to the techs, and I really appreciate that because as a partner of theirs, I uh, offer to my clients, you can call AppRiver. I don't have them go through me. That's if you were a reseller with AppRiver, you would probably want to handle that part of it, but I use the partner program and that gives my clients the opportunity to call them first. They have 24-7 support and uh, they also have third-level engineers who know all the the exchange uh, stuff that's a little too too outside of my boundaries of knowledge, I'll say, (laughs) Uh, that they help out there. And, um, I like my sales reps, you know, they're good guys and some girls there too. So if you want to contact them, please email Steve Harris, S Harris at appriver.com. He'll put you in with another sales rep there and you guys can chat about how you can work with them moving forward. All right. A few shows ago, I talked about, um, uh, some Facebook groups. One was my new one I started, which is the Facebook, uh, office 365 group. Um doing well there, gang. Let me see how many people we got in the group now. Uh, I think in just a few weeks I've been out there. We have 85 members and the conversations are are there. They're happening. There's just not, you know, daily chatter, but people are posing questions. And, you know, what I like about the Facebook, um, the Facebook chat with this group is that it's kind of, you know, like instant. People are on Facebook often. So, When they get something they want to discuss, you know, they're putting it out there, and other people are chatting in real time, and I kind of like that. It's it's really neat. I've never really been involved before in um, a Facebook tech group, I guess that's the way to put it. And speaking of the other group, the one that Scott uh, Sanders runs, the um, IT business owners group, that that group now has a couple hundred people, and it's gaining some strength. And I'm starting to see in the past, I don't know, month or two. A lot more discussions going on. And techs are reaching out to each other. It's pretty cool. And I, I'm on other technical forums and uh, and such, but what I like about the Facebook is that everybody's on it and they're instantly like saying, hey, I got a problem with this. And then you get, you know, just like in the forums, you get people that are answering. But it just seems a little different with Facebook, I think, because it's uh, people already piped into it, <laughs> you know? And so, if you want to join these two groups, I'll put it in the show notes: um, the the Facebook Office 365 and the IT Business Owners Group. And go ahead and uh, tell Scott when you join that you heard it from the show here. Call that girl's Office 365 show; he loves hearing it. And uh, check out the group; it is kind of fun too. I'm learning I'm learning a lot about people in that group. It's pretty neat. But you know, what's kind of also neat is I'm also finding out how other techs are. A lot of us work from home and a lot of us, uh, well, let's put it this way. You work from your home maybe, and you do your tech support and you go out in the field and you might go on site and bring your computers back to your home office. Some people have just an office and they don't work out of their home and they have people come to them and then they go out in the field. Then you have people that have stores that are in their stores all day and sometimes they're alone in their store and sometimes they have employees. And there's other people that are like, I don't know, outside of stores, maybe running other kinds of uh, tech support with offices and employees, maybe remote support companies. I'm not sure. MSP companies, but uh, you know what? A lot of us work alone <laughs> and we don't have coworkers <laughs> we don't have employees like me. I literally sit at my desk all day long by myself And I have a pretty big desk, and I have a nice setup, but it's just me and my clients. And so I've kind of, uh, you know, through all the years, um, I've always had my Technoble chat window open. Not chat, but the Technoble window. And the Facebook, I've had the Facebook open, but like I said in the past couple months, the, the chat's been kind of fun. So I'm finding that that's like having coworkers there. And in our tech world, a lot of times, we have competitors locally that we can't sit and talk to about things. You know, it's it's difficult to call up your competitor and say, hey, how are you doing this? How much is that? Because your competitor doesn't want to give you that information. And that's the one thing I found out about TechNoble years ago. In fact, I've been there over six years, is that it was nice to have other techs to talk to. And that was my first forum I ever found that I could openly say things and not feel like i had that wall up of you're the competitor they they're just text doing what you do they own businesses and and uh, they're more open to share so i also put the link in there for technable and go ahead and um and like i said uh, technable doesn't have live chat forums but they do have uh, thousands and thousands of, of good um, information that you can search in the forums and go try to find what you're looking for i mean that site's been around i think 12 years maybe, or nah, maybe 10 years, I think something like that. But I mean, it literally just holds a ton of data and the users there are, are very, well, including myself, we're all very giving with our information. So if you have to post something, um, it, the forums aren't slow paced by any means it's just different than Facebook, but, but, um, yeah, I recommend you make an account over there too. There's a lot of people that, uh, that pay attention and will help you. They're, they're good folks over there too. So that's kind of my pitchy pitch for forums and tech help online. I'm sure there's others, too, and if you want to shoot me a link or shoot me an email if you know of others for me to check out and share, I'd love to do it. You can email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. All right, well, let's talk about some news since my last show I had with Alan there about the White Label Partners. Um, Last week, which, let's see, today is saturday april 9th 2016 last friday was april 1st and i did it i raised my prices and <laughs> it was uh, i was really nervous you guys <laughs> i was really nervous because the last time i raised my prices i only raised it ten dollars so it wasn't even a sticker shock to anybody but this time i went up uh thirty dollars and um my prices used to be one thirty nine an hour. Now I'm at one sixty nine. And like I said, I was really nervous to to raise the prices, but I had to, you know, determine that it was time that I started putting myself, you know, in that next next level. That when people call, you know, they had no problem paying the one thirty nine. And that wasn't a problem. But it was the the people that were starting to be like, Wow, that's really expensive. And I'm like, Yeah, it is. So do you want to book an appointment? And the reason why it is expensive is, and that's 139 wasn't even that expensive, I don't think. But um, the, I could tell those people weren't interested, you know, they, they, it was too high. And I'm like, well, if you've spent hours trying to fix your outlook or you've had hours of an Office 365 migration go bad and you've had other people help and you've tried Googling things yourself and you're actually out looking for me, you know, you have to expect the, the, the price to be higher. Right. So this kind of rolls into the niche work that I hope that some of you are listening when you start, you know, if you are out there doing more office 365, that you start thinking about your pricing, because if you do it with and compare with your competitors or talk to other people, you need to be a higher price. Cause it's not a standard thing that every shop does, you know, every, every, um, Not every tech support business does Office 365 at the break-fix level. And I'm not talking about MSP people here or MSP companies. Those folks have their own Office 365 going on already. I'm just talking about people like me that are project-priced or break-fix-priced. And, you know, it's, it's rare to find us. So if you're thinking about it, it's time to raise the prices a little bit, especially If you are comfortable with the work and don't need to Google everything and and don't need to go out and look up the answer every time, if you're, you know, proficient enough, you should be. So anyway, back to last Friday, I was a little nervous that that was my first day and I thought I did everything, changed my prices on my website. And uh, of course, the first appointment I booked, I forgot to raise my prices on my appointment scheduler. So what do you know? I had to, had to of course, give that person the old rates because that wasn't their fault. But um, actually in a week, I don't know, a week and a couple days, I've had nobody say I was too expensive. I've booked many appointments, sold a lot of prepaid tickets. I'll go tell you guys how many I sold of those here. Hold on. So since the first, let's see what I've done. I've had 20 jobs, nine days, not bad. Um let's see here. I've had I had two old sales and I did uh one, two, three, four, five, five calls at the 169. And then I had, whoops, sorry, seven, eight. Yeah, I had, I don't know, I had uh seven, eight of them. And then there's three people, it looks like here I had to give the old um price to because they were already passed from March. And then I had um, a few prepaid tickets. I sold a project, a couple exchange migrations, and this week was pretty good. I I feel like I did pretty well. And if uh, April was kicking off like this, I'm excited for the rest of April because I had a good first week. (laughs) I love it. And the new pricing, I was nervous, but I made it. So if you're out there trying to think of it and want to raise your prices, go ahead and do it. And the worst thing that can happen is you just have to go back down which I haven't had to, but I was scared anyway. Okay. So let's see what else is next on the list here. Raise my prices. Dah, 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 dah. Well, oh, one day, one client did tell me that I was pricing them out or something like that. And I had to laugh. I'm like, Hey man, you've only used me for tech support anyway, so you don't even need me. And he was like, you're right. So that, that comes with um, sometimes my old clients from the old, old, old days that when I just did tech support, you know, and they were used to their $85 an hour price. And, uh, and I'm like, I just don't do tech support anymore, which also I have not done all week. And I'm very proud of myself. I've been referring those jobs out to my tech, to my tech support partners up there in Minneapolis. Okay. Well, this week, <clears throat> excuse me, there's, um, boy, I tell you, I got two, two almost identical calls. I came in and both of them were pretty, pretty big blunders, I guess, um, So the title of the show this week is going to be Webmaster Something because if you guys are listening to my show, you're obviously interested in Office 365 and the marketing, right? Well, first thing I think you guys need to know is I'm going to start approaching webmasters to talk, to have them start calling me. And it ain't a bad idea for you to do in your local area either. And here's why. Webmasters kind of control email, Okay, and I've known that for many years because I've gotten a lot of calls from webmasters that are like, "Hey, I'm in a pinch. I need some help. I got a client that had their email migration go bad, so I jump in and do the firefighting for them." But uh, they generally, uh, what happens is, I, from what I think, is they get a new client, right? And their client is Mrs. Johnson, who owns. Johnson, whatever. And they say, okay, we're going to redo your website. And then they put it on their own hosting and their own DNS records and their own, you know, everything. And they want to hold and own it for these clients, which is standard for them to do. But the one piece that they sometimes um, don't understand is that if a client was on like an exchange server, they can keep the hosting for the email the same. But a lot of them, have been just flipping them to their own. And I've been seeing this lately and this is not like this week I had two of these calls and this is not uh, discrediting them by any, by any means, but they just, I don't think know enough about email. So what they're doing is they're messing it up. (laughs) So my interest in working with webmasters are, is high because I want to start doing the email support for them. Um, as just as part of marketing. So anyway, um, and, and just to, let you know that a lot of them do know email. I'm not not saying that they don't, but a lot of times when they change the records and change everything, these people have outlook, especially if they have pop and IMAP, they have a lot of stuff going on sometimes because if they don't have an exchange server, they've usually got something funky going on with the third party apps on their phones that's syncing with their outlook. I mean, this isn't everybody, but most business folks that I know, use Outlook. So there has to be some kind of a product that talks to it. iCloud, G-Sync, you know, who knows? There's tons of them out there, but these get broken if they, you know, have to change their outlook sometimes. And that's where these problems come in. Okay. Well, anyway, so, uh, how am I going to explain this first job? So I got a call from, uh, somebody said that they needed me urgent and I was like, okay, I'll call you the next chance I get. And they told me that they own a website company and they have a lot of clients and they sell a product of a company as an affiliate partner. But I don't think that they really knew a lot about it. And it was an exchange affiliate. Now we're not talking Office 365 Exchange. We're talking hosted exchange. (laughs) So if you kind of know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to mention the companies. But yes, those companies sell Hosted Exchange as an affiliate through a partner program. And really, Hosted Exchange is getting on its last legs of death here. Those servers are all getting just decommissioned, and they're moving people to new servers, which is the Office 365 Exchange Online. So anyway, I get this call, and this guy's like, well, we moved a company over, and uh, there's just a lot of problems. And I was like, okay, like what? Well, the biggest problem is that they were an accounting company, and they couldn't click on an email button in Outlook, so it went through their system through the QuickBooks, and that was a big time snag for them. And so I, I listened to the website guy for I don't know half hour, him explaining the whole situation, the drama that ensued, and I said, "Well, look, sounds like you can you can you know you can use me moving ahead for tech help," and I really felt bad for the guy because you know, he didn't really know much about exchange email. He just knew he could sell it as a partnership plan or whatever. So I called the client of his and I said, okay, I'm just going to remote in real quick and just see if I can fix this button issue. Well, after talking to, um, the client for some time, it turns out there was a bigger issue than I knew about. And I ended up going back and forth with the client and the webmaster guy in about three hours of <laughs> talking to them both, for me to finally figure out what happened. It was a, it was just a mess that happened. It was really just, just kind of one of those things that happened. Um, the client was actually on an Office 365 account with CenturyLink, and they had some phones that were going to get shut off, so they had to move their Office 365 account. So they called the webmaster guy and he was like, I'll set you up on the hosted exchange. And they were like, okay, fine. So they did all this work to get the email migrated over, but they didn't, um, they didn't do a few things. Let's put it that way. And actually it's a downgrade, you know, hosted exchange is a downgrade from office 365 exchange online. So anyway, uh, on these, um, and if you know anything about accountants, a lot of them are remote into uh, virtual servers or terminal servers, I think, for them to do their work. And on this uh, server was Outlook 2010, which I've dealt with that on servers before. It's ugly. That that version of Outlook should just, I mean, it's a great version for, for, you know, a small business not doing big, you know, accounting work on a server. But they definitely need to be upgraded, I mean, there was just no question. So when I was in that computer, I was like, okay, the buttons broke. I started finding more errors. And I was like, okay, about my fifth error within Outlook, I was like, it's time to upgrade this one right away. Okay. So after three hours of kind of consulting and I mean, not meaning to put in three hours, I finally said it. And I was just going to pro bono this job for this fella just to help him because I knew he didn't know what he was doing, you know, and I, I kind of felt for him. And I was like, and I want to help her because I felt for her, which I'm an emotional person. I do, you know, feel bad for people. So anyway, at the final end of it, I told the client, I said, look, for me to get you back into what you need to do, I, you know, <laughs> it's like, we're going to do a reverse migration here. And the sad thing is they'd done it about a month ago. And uh, the good news is that she never shut off the CenturyLink Office 365 account. So I was like, awesome. So what I need to do is I need to back up the current email. And this was just basically, it was like I said, a a migration gone backwards. Uh, I needed to back up the current email. And then I'm going to go back into the CenturyLink Office 365 accounts. And then now here's the thing is. I could import them in, but that would probably be a duplication nightmare, or I could just shove the little PST underneath and have the people go through and find their data in the last month they'd moved or whatever. So I quoted the client and said, look, I as much as I'd love to do this all for free, I just really can't. I mean, I did already give you guys three hours of consulting, and that's just fine with me, but... I'm going to need at least two hours to get all this migration fixed, get your old server back up and running. And then probably an hour of what aftercare. people have the little questions and they need that. So she agreed, you know, and now, um, her staff loves working with me and I feel that that's, you know, going to be a good new client. I got the relationship with him down pat. That'll be a good referral partnership because I also said, don't sell that affiliate plan anymore Use that river. <laughs> and start selling people the product that they need moving ahead in the future, and he totally agreed with me. Oop, one second, folks. And uh, so I gave him a great affiliate partner to work with, and and because he has the hands of people, his hands are in his websites, and that's what these guys do is help with the email. So that was one relationship. I'm really happy that I. I secured and I got those people in good shape and they did upgrade their, um, their servers to outlook 2013 because of my recommendation. I was a little worried about 2016 getting all haywire on that server because, uh, I just, I've never seen a server with 16 on it yet, to be honest, 13 worked that button worked and they got their 50 gigs of space again and they were happy as clams. So let me tell you that, that uh, the biggest downfall for this project could have been two things. Number one is that they did not back up before they did the migration, okay? And that's super important, you guys. Even if it's a PST file, I make a backup anyway. I just do it because I just feel that if I don't back it up, I don't want to be responsible for data being corrupted from a PST or something. Who knows? I know a lot of techs are like, ah, just import it in. I'm like, yeah, but I know when I export it, I know it's there and I have a backup then. And that to me is just safety, but they did not have a backup. (laughs) And I did know that some of the people tried doing it themselves, but that was a problem. And the other one was the saving grace was that she kept her other account on. Now here's the thing about the office 365 that I do tell people is as soon as they um, cut over Uh, when I get them on and their servers working, they say, should I call the other company and cancel right away? And I always say to them, no, give it a few days before you call and cancel because just in case, now I'm not saying that the officer 65 is going to fail by any means, but look at the situation that just happened. If that client would have canceled that CenturyLink account, it would have been more hours of time. Plus, the data wouldn't have been so easy to get because there would have been no active account. And I would have had to go off of an old OST file if it would have been on the computer still. And who knows? It just would have been a big nightmare. So I was really happy that she did that. And that's why I tell my clients, "Don't, don't remove the other accounts yet until we see things working okay. Okay, so that was one job. And then I got another call from another company. It was like this next day too. It was really strange. Um they moved their website completely to a whole new company and they were on Office 365 for sure cuz they called me last fall and I helped them with some aftercare. And she calls and she says, "Yeah, we decided to move our email to a new email um server." And I'm like, "Really?" Like to me, Exchange is the Holy grail. Why would you need to move that? (laughs) I don't get it. I was like, okay. But of course I had to remote in and go see what was going on. And it turns out that the web, the webmaster um, had just put them on their regular IMAP for whatever their settings were in their control panel. And they did not know that they were on exchange already and so here's the worst part of the whole job. It's not that, believe it or not. <laughs> the worst part is I remoted in and I start seeing, no, uh, I start looking at around the computer and I'm like, why are all these files saying decrypted uh, on it? And I actually have never seen this before. So I was like, that looks like she's got a crypto virus or something, you know, like it looks really bad. <laughs> and I was like what does this cryptid mean? she goes, I don't know. That just came up the other day. And I'm like, I was like, sweetheart, I think you got yourself a virus on that computer. And she's like, really? I said, yeah, but that has nothing to do with this. And then at the same time, <laughs> this poor girl, she had like a triple threat of problems. Then I look and, and her office 365 account for the software was all messed up. And it was logged into, to an outlook.com account. And I'm like, Oh man, I said, so we got three problems. We've got email that's been hijacked. We've got the software that was saying it was not activated. That's what it was. And her files are all encrypted. I was like, good God. It's like the perfect storm. And I said, okay, here's what you need to do first. is Figure out how to get that virus or clean that up because I don't do that work. And she was like, okay, we'll do that. And I said, then oh, also because the software wasn't activated, I couldn't do anything with it. It really like locked her out. Like I couldn't export, um, I couldn't export her current mail. I couldn't do anything with Outlook. That's the worst uh, like lockdown I've ever seen. In that, and that I'm not even kidding. Like I said, dude, we're trapped, hon. I mean, ex- ex- outside the fact of me taking the OST file off the computer and repairing it, you know, on mine or whatever. But anyway, she had to get those two things fixed. So luckily, she called Microsoft, and they did fix both of them. She said that they fixed the virus even. I'm like, good lord, you're lucky. They're really, they're really doing well there if they're doing that for you. Okay, so then she calls me back, and she's like, okay, we're ready to get fixing this thing now. Her Outlook was good, and 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 then I was like, why did why did the why did the webmaster put you back on IMAP? She's like, it's just part of his service. I go, okay. So I think I know what happened is that her old, now remember, um, I'd helped her a few months ago. And so we had to go do some playing around with the settings, but I finally logged into her, her office 365 exchange online account. I was like, okay, we're saved. That account is still active. She paid for it for the year. So she did not turn it off. There was nothing going on. It was just sitting there dead. Email was still sitting there like, in a, like a little tank, you know, which I love. And so what we needed to do was just basically fix the problem from, uh, the day the, the server got cut to the IMAP and that web designer, I believe used Google, Google or Gmail or uh, I don't remember. I don't think it was Google apps though. It was just some, some, some Google mail thing. Cause they were on their browser doing their email. So I just basically, um, put the Gmail account into Outlook, downloaded all of that. Then I, um. Uh, changed up the, um, the outlook. So uh, all the, or excuse me, I imported all the mail back over to the, uh, the exchange online account. And then I had the server guy or the web webmaster guy, um, uh, give me access so I could update the records and all the email emails delivering back again to the exchange online account. Now I told the webmaster guy, I was like, Hey, you know, this is really common for people to, to be, you know, to be having an exchange now. So just to flip them over to IMAP takes away all of their contacts, their calendar syncing. And, and, and he was a really nice guy and he's like, yeah, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. And I'm like, Hey, it's no big deal. I mean, it is a big deal to the client, but just moving ahead, you should just refer me the work because I can help and make it a lot more, you know, seamless for, you know, for your clients. And, um, I hope he calls me, you know, I really wish that a lot more webmasters would call because, uh, You know, it's like, I don't do websites. I mean, I do my own website, but I definitely do not get hired to do other people's because it isn't my thing. And I don't feel that webmasters should feel that they have to do email and all the configuring and all the stuff with Outlook when that's really not their job. You know, they should refer that work out. If If it starts getting sticky, I know. I did have a website guy up in Philadelphia contact me and said, I'd love to refer all this out because it's getting really messy. I said, tell me about it. Every job I take is messy. Nothing I do is ever a clean job really, except for a few here and there. Mine are always hell messes of, you know, tangled up (laughs) crises that I have to figure out. And sometimes it takes me, you know, an hour to figure out what's going on. I have to go dig out all the information from people and blah, blah, blah. And speaking of that, I had a call yesterday where when the lady called me, She was, she was like, you know what? I just cannot share some of these contacts and, uh, it's giving me some errors. And I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna quote you an hour to me. It was just probably, they were grabbing the wrong address book when they were trying to give someone permissions. Well, that was not the case. The case happened to be when I was in the computer, um, in the outlook, I noticed that there was three email accounts uh, that were not set up as email accounts, but as like just open accounts in Outlook, not set up as their own Exchange, and they were trying to cross domain share these these contacts, and that's why there was uh, was throwing up errors. And I said, "Well, okay, so we're at the hour now. I figured out a few things. I'm gonna let you know that I probably need another hour on this job because now I have to go create the profiles for each account so I can share these right." And she was like, "Well, I got to talk to." Um, the owner and I was like, okay, cool. You know, but I mean, I never promise an hour to anybody when I take jobs. I just say that's the start. Cause none of my jobs are ever really like an hour. And, um, the client, the owner, you know, I'll be Frank. He was kind of ticked off and he goes, I'm gonna give you one more hour. And if you can't fix it, I ain't paying at all. And I was like, well, sir, I don't work that way. <laughs> he was like, well, that's how I work. I go, Well, that's great, but I can't guarantee you that I'm going to have this fixed in another hour because right now I've already found, I've had two other issues that weren't expected. You got multiple domains. You're trying to cross permissions with all these domains. And I, there was another problem too. And, and then he hung up on me. (laughs) I was like, holy crap. He did hang up on me and I was being very professional. Right. So I gave him a few minutes to cool down and I called back and I was like, Oh, hi, is so-and-so there? <laughs> <Like> nothing happened. <laughs> and he answered, of course. And I knew he was going to be mad, but I'd ask for her because she was the girl I was working with. And I just, I was like a fresh call. Hi, is so-and-so there? And he goes, yes, she is. <laughs> and I told her and I said, Miss Client, this is what it is. You know, I took the call. We've got two other issues. It's going to be maybe more than an hour. I, I cannot guarantee it but I'm just letting you know. And she was like, sweet as pie. And she's like, I'll call you next week to reschedule for another hour. I was like, sounds good. Have a great weekend. <laughs> and and I know that the guy hung up on me because he was, I could tell that his uh, his frustrations were high. He's, he told me that his text already couldn't fix it. So that's why they had to come looking for me. And I'm like, there you go. I don't even know how much time those guys have put into fixing it. I already told them. I see what the problem is, but I need more time to fix it, pal. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway, and you know what? I didn't even care that he hung up on me, actually. I, I just knew that the awkward second callback, but it, I made it through. All right. And then I had another call with um, a client that, uh, interestingly, they told me they've spent over eight hours on the phone with Microsoft. And they told me that they had multiple calendars. They had tons of data missing. And I was like, excellent. My favorite kind of job. I love those kind of jobs. I mean, I feel bad for them that they spent eight hours with Microsoft. And I have no idea what I'm getting into. But to me, I kind of really enjoy these, you know, investigation, search and rescue missions and things like that. And uh, so I get remote in the computer and boy, Microsoft messed this one up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they actually had, I think, 10 or 12 PST files that they were trying to back up stuff. That was all a big mess. They had actually created the user a whole new profile, too. Okay. And I think, I feel, I feel that the first text that helped them just really didn't know what they were doing. Cause now they've got multiple, um, profiles data all over the place. I think I found a total of 26 PST files in their computer and I've spent, I don't know the first hour, you know what I did was I created a test profile and I just opened up every single PST file I could. And I mean, I'm not even kidding. I had tore those suckers apart. I started finding all the data. I created a brand new PST file called, you know, 2016 profile or whatever I named it. I started moving the data um and i went through and found it all the way back to 2006 and i created the one master pst file and uh did a did a pretty good job you know but then of course at the end um there she had i think like oh my god six calendars so i backed up the one good calendar same with contacts that was a mess i got everything tidied up and i knew they'd call me back cuz there was obviously more work and she's like i'm missing email from february into half of March. And I'm like, Oh my God, I have to open up all those PST files again. And I keep notes on my computer sometimes with the clients. I call it the Lisa mapping. So then I know what the, what I've done, but that one was such a mess. that I (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. So I basically had to start over because I didn't know because I was moving mail. I didn't know where everything was. And I got it down to where I found all of February and half of March. And she emails me back again Says, "I want now. I need the sent items." I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't!" <laughs> and I wasn't thinking about sent items. I was already in those PST files. It would have been great just to have it over. So at that point, I did try. I could not find them quickly, and I said, "You know what? I'm going to move you both to Exchange anyway. We've already talked about that. They're small." mom and pop outfit and they wanted to be on exchange. I said, we've got some 20, some PST files I want to get rid of and clean up and get them off the computer. Cause they're just data redundancy messes. So I said, how about if when we do the exchange, I will go open up every PST file. I will get the data, look for it. And then I'm going to delete it and get you guys on exchange and have the very cleanest outlook you've ever seen in your life. And she was thrilled. And, um, uh, let me just tell you that I felt bad for these folks. Eight hours. Oh, my God. It's just grueling. I couldn't even imagine that. And um, I think I think part of the problem is that, you know, the first-level techs there don't understand, A, how really a lot of their own products work with the email platforms. Like, I'll give you an example. 2013 and 2016, when you first launch Outlook, and it says you get to create a profile, Right. Whatever you, uh, let's say you add in, let's just use Gmail, for example. So you launch Outlook. It says put in a name, email, and password. And if you do an IMAP account, it will create an OST file as the default. And having an OST file as your default creates what's called this computer only, or I think that's it. So that's actually like a ghosted calendar and a ghosted contacts that are in the OST file. That's part of the problem is that let's just say one day you wanted to delete that because it broke or something and you delete it, it deletes everything. It's not in a local PST file that you need. And PST files are necessary for people who are using third-party apps like G Syncit and companion link and things like that, because it has to have a home. And an OST file is just a cache copy. And because it, if if let's say when you set up your Outlook, you only have the one email account. That's why it calls it the this computer only. And it's like a hidden version that can go away. And that happened to me a couple weeks ago with the client. Luckily, I backed everything up because that's what I do for every job. But when you delete it an account with an OST file, poof, everybody's gone. Everything's gone. And um That's why I think that the, that the folks at the Microsoft help desk sometimes have issues because they don't understand that. And if it doesn't work and they don't know whatever, they just go and delete it and who knows. But those folks that help those, those folks actually had PST files out were just, it was insane. It was just over and over and over and over. And I was like, oh my God, they're lucky they even have email and he left. So anyway, just keep that in mind about the 2013 and 16. And a lot of times I just go and create a blank PST file just so there's something concrete there. And then I work around that because I already know the problems that's going to happen if you have an OST as default. It's not generally not very good. All right. So let's see. Um, I probably have a few more jobs, but I think that's it's probably where I'm going to end it because... I had an exhausting week. It was a good week. That was just me. And I did well, but I was tired. And uh, I'm trying to think about some things in the future of what I want to do with the business. But right now, I just want to take a break and just worry about me for a while. Focus on myself. It's starting to be the dry season here in Vegas. And boy, it is hot and dry coming up. Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't realize how hot and dry I was going to be here. So... I've got the humidity cranked everywhere in the house, and trying to deal with that, <laughs> I'm preparing for a battle royale for the next six months. I'll tell you that, folks. But uh, yeah, anyway, today's a nice, rainy, cool day, and I and at least I get a little humid. Remember, I'm from Minnesota, where I'm used to it being you no know, nice and wet all the time around there. <laughs> it's so dry here. I'm making it. But yeah, anyway. So next week coming up, uh, I don't think I got any big migrations. I've got. I did get a call though. I will tell you guys that I got a call from a school district down in Texas, and the um, the lady who was calling me, she's the IT, I don't know, director maybe, and they just got granted a bunch of Office 365 um, licenses, unlimited for free, because they're nonprofit, and she she said they have 45 users. Now. The reason why she was calling me is because I do the marketing for the entire country in each city. So I'm assuming I hit her city. And um, see, the thing is she's the it director and they don't want to hire out this to like an MSP company because an MSP wants them on their service plans and the whole ball of wax. I said, that's right, honey, you're going to have a problem finding a company to just help you with this one job only. And she cannot handle 45, people herself doing a migration because when you cut the records, you got to do it all in one shot. It's a one shatter. And she said, yeah, yeah, I know. And they're all on pop with PST files. So it's not like you could run migration ways and just zip them over through the internet. This is per computer by hand. And I was like, well, uh, okay. So here's what we could do. I could make some awesome detailed instructional videos for you, but I don't know everything about the situation and who's going to be watching the videos and what they're going to back up or not, you know? And I said, okay, next thing is uh, you could, you know, I could hire a couple folks. I have um, my tech, Rob, who helps me. And I said, we could train a couple other guys for the job and make it, you know, I could try to get the price down for you. And there would, including her, there could be five of us, which that's about eight people, eight computers per person, totally doable. I said, it's still going to be expensive, though. <laughs> and I said, and I can give you a nonprofit discount. I don't care about that, but we're still looking at a few thousand bucks. And I said, but, you know, I mean, it's a project that you guys have to get done. And she goes, well, you know, we do have a budget. And I said, good. So I'm just going to give you my quote on my regular prices and how much I do it and how much how much the charge is so you can at least take that back to your a budget committee of whoever, and just say, this company charges this without any contract. And that's what I like about my business is I don't want to have a contract with them and move on to the next job type thing. And she definitely said she does not want a support ticket. I already checked that out, but she is the support and I get it. But I'm like, I don't know, hon, it's still going to be some bucks. But, uh, but anyway, I got that in the cooker, maybe, I don't know, maybe those hire me as a consult for it too, but I said, maybe you get some interns. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and um, I gave another quote to another company for migration. They had 85 users. <clears throat> that one's all Gmail, so it'll all be done through migration with, which would be really nice. And then I got, I don't know, probably like 10 other little baby migrations creeping in. I like those little ones. Just you know, the little ones, two, three people. I did uh, two on Friday. And to me, I'm getting just so used to doing them now that they're not really like a, like a big job. They're just work now. And that's what, you know, when I first started doing them years ago, I was always like, Oh, I got a migration. It was so exciting. And now I'm like, "Eh, it's just like every day, just like every day doing them. All right, folks, I think that might be the show. Um, like I said, I'm taking a break from my stories right now. I'll come back to it later, my my little Lisa stories. But uh, anyway, if you guys have anything you want to share with me, feel free to email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Show notes, callthatgirl.biz slash office365. Check out the Facebook groups, technible. And, uh, I don't think that might be all I'm really doing right now is all that stuff. So I'm gonna close the show up. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production audio supported by Matt Heyman. Thanks to our sponsor Ep river and Podbean for hosting. And, um, uh, if you have a story to share, want to be a guest on my show, email me Lisa call that girl. Dot biz. That's it folks. Take care and see you next week.